Your attention, please, and welcome to another episode of Yab Chicago. We appreciate you hitting play wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You know the script already. You should know by now, but you can follow the show on Twitter at YabChicago underscore or on Instagram at YabChicago. Don't forget to call us and leave us a message at 312-985-6006. This episode, of course, brought to you by Tribe Coffee Co., Light Roast, Dark Roast, Espresso, Decaf, it don't matter. Visit tribecoffeeco.com. They have what you need and use promo code YAPSHY for 10% off of your order. I'm your host, Edgar Perez. You can follow me on Twitter at EP773 underscore. Sitting here alongside Lazy. Lazy up, baby. What it do? And uh, your many different social media names because you can't make it easy for everyone and make it just one. I didn't make mine, all right? I asked other people to make them. You know, you got to edit it, right? You have full control of it. And you can just find a name that can go on both different socials and then make no, it. No, I'm I'm an old, so I will give you a password. But you probably already know my password. Uh, I'll give you the <laughs> password to my stuff so you can change that. If 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 you're like me and you may kind of make the same password for everything, then yeah, I, I probably know which password is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put <laughs> you <laughs> like that. <laughs> Not again. Oh, no, yeah. Not again. <laughs> hey, oh, oh. <laughs> follow me on Twitter, EP7C underscore. Figure out what are we talking about. Anyways, uh, no bowling today. He is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, that guy's traveling all over the place, but he's in. he was in Arizona the other day, I think. Arizona, New Mexico, one of those. Um, now he's out in Vegas with his uh, BR betting crew. Go follow BR betting on Twitter. Go follow Michael Bowling, Mike Alex Bowling. On Twitter, check out all the cool videos that they're sending out. He's staying at the Circa, has a crazy view of the, of the sports book up top. I don't know if you saw that. He tweeted that out earlier today. And I mean, it's March Madness, right? Got to get the content out there. So he's out there in Vegas. I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, honestly, that that view that he has of the pool and the big, big screen, yeah, it looks amazing. Like It made me want to stay there if I ever go back to Vegas or when I go back, I should say. I mean, when we went, we we checked out Circa, and I mean, for what it is, the purpose that we go for is mainly just to gamble and to have fun. The Circa seems like the perfect place to stay. Definitely, and it's the fact that it's also on the on Fremont Street. Uh, I don't know if obviously if people haven't been there. There are two parts of Vegas. There's the New Vegas, where it's all the glitz and glamour, where. Everyone is trying to show out, trying to dress up as best as they yeah. could. And then there's Fremont Street, a.k.a. Old Vegas, where it's a little bit more uh, casual, a little bit more of the olds like us, where you're just trying, honestly, like, <laughs> it's it's cheaper, and honestly, you're just trying to booze. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, well, it's it's tough to say that it's for the olds, right? It is Old Vegas, but I mean... It, it, you do realize that the strip and all those big casinos and, and hotels and stuff, they're for that. What you just said, they're for the glamour and they're for to show out. And uh, as you get, I guess, older, <laughs> <laughs> wiser, 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 we come to realize that uh, we're, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really go there for, for all that noise. I just want warm weather, some sports, but gambling, uh, some, you know, poured heavy drinks. And, and just have some fun. And yeah, Old Vegas seems like the place for it. Now with the Circa there, I mean, I think I think it's worth staying at Circa anytime I go now from now on. Agreed. And we actually, last time that we went for the Bears-Raiders game, we did actually meet up our uh, the podcast friend, Dave Ross. Friend and of the he show, actually Dave works, Ross? Oh, yeah. He, he, he actually works inside of Circa. So it's pretty dope. That sports book is to die for. It's beautiful. Um, has like t- fucking 20, 30 games going on at the same time. I'm I'm kind of jealous because uh, at my, my work, the shows that I work on, one of them is called Live on the Line. It's a, a gambling show. And next week, they're going to be in Vegas. And we, we didn't find out until after everything was booked and, and that everyone was going, all the talent and stuff like that. But, I mean, 
they're just hiring a crew from out there to do the shows. And I'm kind of uh, a little upset about it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, if, you know, I, I could have been out there for a work trip also. And uh, I, I wasn't asked. We, we weren't asked. The regular studio crew won't ask, mainly because we have other shows that are staying here in studio <laughs> that we have, that, that we're committed to. But uh, maybe an invitation would have been nice. Why not? The the stories of uh, Vegas Edgar precede you, so... They don't need that under the stadium umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. It, it was work. I would. I would have been hanging out and, of course, just having fun after the shows. But I'm a professional. If yeah, first, yeah. first, I am a professional. What uh, about that last day you're there? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but plenty to get to today. Uh, we're gonna start off with some Bulls who broke their five game losing streak today. Also a bunch of football news that kind of broke today as a whirlwind. The dominoes started falling after Aaron Rodgers, uh, after it was, the news broke that Aaron Rodgers was staying in green Bay. And, uh, but first things first, let's get to the bulls who get the victory in Detroit, one fourteen to one Oh eight over the Pistons. And, uh, honestly it was a sloppy game, especially that first half and into the third quarter. First half, a lot of back and forth, a lot of turnovers. It just, you, you, I was getting kind of nervous. I'm not going to say you. I was getting kind of nervous because I, I felt like, oh, my God, if we can't get it done against the Pistons, uh, this is supposed to be the, 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 the pressure relief of the second half of the schedule that's coming up. And if we can't get it done here, oh, boy. But they got it done. They pulled out the victory late. Uh, they kind of took over the fourth quarter there and uh, escaped with a win. Like I said, breaking that five-game losing streak. Yeah, I actually took, um, speaking of gambling, I took Detroit first quarter. And the only reason was because we have been getting our ass whooped the past five day, five games, um, or at least they've, you know, lost all five of them. Some of them have been competitive. I thought that they were going to overlook Detroit, which I think is what happened. They thought that it was going to be a cupcake game, and Cade Cunningham came out here and balled. He had a couple of um, couple of plays where where he actually went at Io, which the first time they played Io held him in check, but. Kate actually showed out today. He he dropped twenty two points today, um, and six assists. It just kind of shows the the type of player that he is. But I'm just glad that the Bulls got a one. I, I agree with you. I was a little bit scared in the first half because I thought it was going to be you know first quarter. Detroit's going to take the lead, and then the Bulls are going to start kind of settling in, take it serious, which they did start playing better in the second quarter, but still not good. And it's kind of scary because this is the latter end of the of the season. Of course, we always have the excuse, and we were texting about it, their defense stinks because there's no Lonzo Ball, there's no Alex Caruso, which Alex Caruso actually just got approved to do intense training. Um, but with that being said, it, there's no excuse. It's Detroit. You're trying to stay up in the standings. you got to whoop their ass. I know a win is a win. But you got to whoop their ass so that you can actually build from there so that when you do play the good teams that we keep losing to, you at least have the momentum to be competitive against those good teams. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this was supposed to be the, the breather of, of the of the second half of the schedule coming up here after that just terrible run that the Bulls were on. And uh, I, a part of me thought that they would overlook it, but also I, I came into this game a little confident. I, I wanted them to... Obviously, they they know that they were on that bad streak, and the Pistons have also been playing well as of late. So, I was looking for them to come out, you know, just focused and and trying to like put this game uh, just behind them and like just just get out to an early lead, hold them off, and and get a W and kind of break the skid a little bit. Um, it took a little more effort than <laughs> than uh, we were comfortable with showing. I mean, they, they got it done dirty. You know, they got they hit three threes all game. I mean, I don't know how many games you're going to win by only scoring three three pointers in this league, but uh, they got the win. Honestly, the the, the the really what I looked for in that fourth quarter is just someone to get aggressive, and it seemed like the ball was bouncing around um, in their favor. You know, the the Pistons kept turning the ball over, kind of the balls were kind of like flying out of their hands, and the Bulls were getting um, foul calls, which we know has been an issue the past couple of games. So it's, that's good to see. It's good to see Zach being aggressive in the fourth quarter, kind of driving it to them, knowing that, you know, the teams were in the bonuses and then any foul could get him to the line. So it was good seeing him just drive to the lane, get those calls. And uh, the Bulls were getting those calls in the fourth in the fourth quarter. Some of them 
I'll admit we're kind of questionable uh, foul calls there, but hey, we'll, we'll take them. A win is a win, and this is kind of what the Bulls need. And now they come home and they face Cleveland. They're kind of beat up a little bit too, so you want to you hope to take advantage of that game. We all know the Bulls' home record is a lot better than their road record, but um, one at home before they go on the road trip again against Utah, against Phoenix, who just got Devin Booker back, and that just showed how important this game was to to get into the win column. Yeah, they they're going to have these three games which are winnable and then they have a rough stretch again like you say the utah phoenix toronto always plays the bulls tough as fuck and then milwaukee after that which we know milwaukee's been fucking killing us man and grace grace and allen still fucking scumbag stinks try to take it out yeah i was gonna say he tried to trip io um when he was driving from like the outer bounds area towards the the paint. Mm-hmm. I think they called a foul, but after that, he he still tried to trip him. wasn't Wasn't that it? They called a. I think they called a travel on Io, and as he was driving, Grayson Allen stuck that knee out and kind of tripped him over. Yeah, it was a dead ball, and he he still fucking stuck his leg yeah. out. He's just a fucking dirtbag. Yeah, and that reminds me, should. fuck Duke to Coach K. <laughs> I love the tears this weekend. I'm sorry, I know, kind of off topic, but. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad they 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 kind of didn't let him go out his last home game a winner. It's just like, no nah, man, I'm good. we don't give a shit. <laughs> it's still a game for yeah. us. We're still gonna come out here and play our game. Fuck out yeah, here. they're still trying to they're still trying to get in fucking March Madness. Why are you gonna be mad? Right. But yeah, that's a different story. But yeah, the Bulls have to kind of tighten up as well because they're gonna be going on that trip. Um, after that, it looks like it's gonna be a bit easier until they face uh, Miami. Um, they do end the year in Boston, Charlotte, Minnesota. So they should win, I would say, at least two out of those three. But it's tough, bro. Like, what do you think playoff-wise that this team is going to be able to do? I mean, it all depends on the matchup, right, in the first round. I mean, I think for a long time throughout the season, we were kind of confident that they'd be able to get out of that first, of a first-round matchup. But if they keep dropping lower lower in these standings and, you know, they have to face – you know, even Boston. Boston's been playing really good now, and it seems like they're kind of in a collision course to to, to face Boston in kind of that four or five seed matchup. But um, it, that even has me nervous now a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like Jason Tatum, the way that he's playing and his size, is a terrible matchup for the Bulls. It, it, he's, I mean, he's shorter than KD, which everyone always says like you need someone to stop KD if you play the Nets. No one's going to stop him, but. Jason Tatum's in a fucking groove. I think he dropped 44 again tonight. He's killing right now. So if if he continues it for the next few weeks and we do go against them in the first round of the playoffs, we're, I honestly think we'd lose to the Celtics right now. The way that the way that the Bulls are playing yeah. right now compared to the way that the Celtics are playing. So you're so how worried are you about their their record against these top performing teams and do you think that the return of Lonzo and Caruso are enough to kind of put band-aids over the problems that the Bulls have. Well, coming from a White Sox fan where this just fucking <laughs> happened last season, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's just an example of the type of team that you are, whether you are beating up on the shitty teams or, you know, actually competitive and a good team. So having this terrible record against winning teams is very scary to me. Um, simply because you're going to have to play one of those teams in the playoffs. So are you hoping that you get lucky or that there's injury luck or you get bounces here and there? Obviously, you do hope for the bounces, but you're going to have to hope for something catastrophic against, like, the Bucks or against the Sixers. So my thing is there's uh, – the thing that I'm hoping is that since playoff basketball, everything does slow down. Hopefully that's when Lonzo Ball's playmaking can actually prop up the team. His defense, as well as Alex Caruso's defense, can help tighten things up a bit since things are going to be slowed down, less possessions. But once again, coming from a Sox fan, that shit terrifies me. Yeah, it's not comfortable to see, especially in the way they lost a lot of these games. And I know... And I know the Bulls went through their injury uh, you know, timeline there and the COVID stuff early on also, and uh, and B kind of does whatever he wants when he's when he plays against the Bulls, undefeated against the Bulls actually, which is a little scary. And, and uh, Milwaukee and Giannis it just 
they played him a little better that second time, but I don't know if that was just all the the hype and momentum of getting the uh, the Grace Allen revenge, you know, and, and the and, and the UC crowd. It was just it was just an exciting game. A lot of emotion went into that Milwaukee game, and I thought they they played okay. But um, yeah, over a seven game series against these top teams, like it just it just gets it gets it does get worrisome and. Um, Honestly, it kind of gave us all a reality check as to where we thought this Bulls teams were. I think me and you were on the same page as far as like, hey, this is all cool, but like, let's not get terrible, too excited. Like this, this team isn't. This team still has holes, right? They rode, they rode uh, Demar Derozan's hot streak there in February, and everything was great and fun. They were having a blast, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you you get that tough stretch of schedule against these top teams, and you you quickly realize like, oh. Yeah, we can we can take care of Demar. Like it's it's he he might get his, but let's let's see what the rest of this team has. And we haven't really been seeing the bench scoring. Zach kind of labors. It's kind of, he looked a little better today, but um, who knows if that back is still kind of bothering him? It kind of made me reassess my expectation for this for this Bulls team. And I, I, a conversation I heard a lot going on today also was just we're depending on where they what they do in the playoffs. Would you still view this this season a success, or where do you see them in the in the kind of team building uh, timeline of of building an elite team? So I would say it's a success as a season for the Bulls in particular because the team was fucking dead at a certain point, like two years ago. It yeah. seemed like there was no hope. Uh, there was no bright spots. I mean, of course, Zach's play was a bright spot, but I meant more so for long term success. Um, but this year, it has other people, other players, other stars in the league noticing the Bulls, saying, I mean, even after playing the Bulls, they'd say stuff like Chicago's back. You can hear, like, the atmosphere in the United Center is, like, super crazy compared to how it was before. So I, I think it's a success just because of that, because the front office kind of decided, like, hey, we're going to go balls deep in this season and make sure that we actually try to win. Um, which shows other stars like, hey, they're actually going to make the moves necessary to try to win. So guys that are pissed, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, people like that, they'll may- they might be able to see that stuff and be like, hey, that's a team I want to go to because of that winning atmosphere. With that being said, DeMar is already a little bit on the older side. Um, he- they gave him a, a, what, like a four-year contract. Um Pretty big money as well. Zach Levine injured. Don't want to say that he's injury prone because he's been pretty good the past couple of years. But prior to that, he had some injury history. Um, you don't want the pet. The unfortunately, I feel like this year is a huge setback for Patrick Williams' growth because that second year is when you actually try to, you know, add things to your game and see if the stuff that you did over the summer actually helped. Um, so for the long term. It's. I actually think it's kind of ugly because, like, what are you going to do from here? Because it's if there's going to be an uproar if you try to like trade Demar because of the season that he had or anything like that. Right. Plus, who's going to take his contract at his age? You're not going to trade Zach Levine. Are you going to? You're not going to trade like what, the young kids for a point guard because you just got Lonzo. Like, what are you going to do? What's the out? From this point, does that make sense? Yeah, I guess you. I guess they could wait a couple of years for uh, for the Joker to be a free agent. He could come on over, Damn, go all in. <laughs> yeah, go all in, or I don't know, do a trade Vucevic away. I'm not sure, but I mean, honestly, was in sports period. I was gonna say in basketball, but in sports period nowadays, the fucking movement is crazy now. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing the NFL and with all the movement that's happening there. I mean. Before we transition to that, I mean, I, w- I would just say that I guess the Bulls are kind of leveling out into what we kind of expected him to be uh, in the beginning of the season, kind of be in that 4-5 range. But it was fun to see them start off so hot and, and be at the top of the top of the standings for a long time. And I think that kind of run, like, credit to them. But like you said, it brought them that national attention. I mean, if, if they've just been hovering about 4-5, you know, four or five, six range throughout the whole season. I don't think it would have been that much buzz around the Bulls um, as there is now. But because they got out to a hot start, because they were at the top of the Eastern Conference for a long time, 
um, it did kind of, like you said, brought the eyeballs. You saw star players around the league tweeting about Damar, about Zach at the All-Star game and stuff. So it, it is exciting. It, 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 I guess it's, it's kind of sad that, you know, if they do get bounced in the playoffs early, if they, if they, let's say they don't make it out of the first round, yeah, it'll be a little disappointing. But I think that just shows what a good job that this front office did and that Billy did with his team and uh, that all these players did today, uh, this season, and got us excited for for Bulls playoff. And I'm I'm excited to see what AK and Mark Eversley have for this team in the future. Yeah, and that's the one. That's the opposite, like positive side. The fact that the they kind of flipped this roster in basically two years, a year and a half, um, so quick. So, for the long term, like what's stopping them from building even more from here? You know, I was right. saying like, what are they going to do? But they know a shit ton more than I do. So <laughs> hopefully, they can they can like build it. And Jokic is actually a guy that was drafted by uh, AK. So hopefully, he can lure him over here. You know. Now over to some NFL news. I think. All the news kicked off really with Aaron Rodgers reportedly, supposedly, allegedly, <laughs> not to him, I guess, but to someone. Someone said they signed a four-year, $200 million contract, and I know he came out and he said, wait, 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 nothing's officially signed, but, I mean, come on. I don't think the numbers are going to be too far off of uh, of the reported numbers of four years, $200 million. But, yep, Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay. Back with the Packers for for some time here. You just can't you get already that know, guy. You already know Bowling was fucking crying in Vegas when that shit got signed. He was pissed. He was pissed. <laughs> the first thing I did was text him, and he was not happy about. Uh, I was gonna say our guy Aaron Rodgers, not our guy, <laughs> not our guy, not happy about Aaron Rodgers returning back. Um, yeah, I'm not too worried if I'm being honest. That's a lot of money. If if it is even close to what's getting reported. That's a lot of money, and I don't know how they're gonna uh, just build a, another the rest of the team around Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I guess you could say like I mean, with, with as bad of a t- not as bad of a team, but with kind of a no name roster that the, that the Packers kind of have, they were still able to be the number one seed in the league and Aaron Rodgers be an MVP. But a lot of that's credit to Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, eventually they got to pay Devontae Adams. I know he's gonna get tagged this year, but. I don't know. I, I I don't trust a 38 year old Aaron Rodgers like I did a 41 year old Tom Brady. I don't know. I just don't think he could replicate the same kind of success. Agreed, and I, it it was just kind of annoying the fact that he was like, no, no, I didn't sign it. I honestly think that he's just kind of a diva and wanted to release the information himself. He didn't want to have someone else. Right. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he takes five million dollars less. <laughs> and he's just like, and not even just to like put it in other people's face, but because other people were also saying that he was greedy. But I can see him being like, oh, no, see, I took a friendlier deal, deal than everyone thought. It's only for $195 million. <laughs> Like, how the fuck? But I, it sucks. But if we think that Justin Fields is the guy, we have to believe in him, right? We can't say, fuck, we can't get rid of him. It has to be Justin Fields is going to be able to progress enough to Continue to be him. I'm sure that Justin Fields doesn't give a fuck about Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to try to whoop his ass every time that he plays him. Right. No, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we, we can't be just afraid and wait for him to, to to leave the division or even the league for that matter. Like, we're going to have to beat the Packers. We're going to have to beat, and now we got to beat them with Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, it's going to be challenging, but – I mean, we have to trust Matt Eberflus in this new system he's kind of bringing in and kind of see Justin Fields' progression in this offense. And, uh, I mean, with all the reports of everyone pretty much giving this entire offense a pass because it was being ran by Matt Nagy, <laughs> goes to show how much how much of a lack of respect that Matt Nagy had around the league where he didn't even get another job until Andy Reid hired him back in the, with the Kansas City offense this past offseason. But, yeah, like I said, man, I, I'm not Aaron Rodgers. You can do what you want, man. He literally told the Packers, "Give him fifty million, and he's going to quit," which uh, is kind of a boss move. If we remove the name Aaron Rodgers from this whole situation, imagine you having so much power and control and being so good that you could literally have the fucking organization that you work for 
by the balls and be like, I need you to pay me uh, shit, all the money. I need you to give me all the money or I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, I mean, he got all the leverage once fucking Jordan Love played and he stunk. Yeah. But they're like, they're like, we've had like 20 plus years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. We can't fucking go to Jordan Love after that. But I, yeah, I I understand what you're trying to say, but it's still, for me, it's just annoying. I, I honestly thought that he was going to be leaving. I was hoping that he would, but now it's, I, I personally hope that it's a um, Brett Favre situation in the Vikings where someone from the Bears is the last person to hit him and get the fuck, get him the fuck out of the league. Another Corey Wooten situation where he swings him to the, to the ground, makes him hit his head on the, uh, the frozen Minnesota field turf. It doesn't have to be the head. It could be ankle, you know, <laughs> it could be another, <laughs> it could be another collarbone or something. But, but it, what what I loved even more that day is the fact that his fucking shine got killed by the Russell Wilson trade. Oh yeah, that I feel was, like that 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 was bigger news. I think. Well, yeah, just because of the of, it was a a trade, it was a trade transaction, and you saw all the stuff that Denver kind of sent over to the to the Seahawks in exchange for Russell Wilson. You got two what was it two number ones, two number twos, Drew Locke, Noah Fant. Shelby Miller, like they sent over a huge pack, pretty much what they were asking for last year when uh, we heard the rumors that Russell Wilson wanted to leave there, and the the Bears were trying to put together a package like that. But they sent over a lot to Seattle. Now it's on them to kind of do the right, make the right picks. And uh, over the past couple of years, they haven't really done too great of a job in their building their teams like that. But um, yeah, monster package, and now Russell Wilson goes over to Denver, and that AFC West division. It's just fucking, it's, it's, it's nasty. It's nasty. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fucking eight games of just ass kicking. You got Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, all in one division. And that and that's a lot of what we talked about, uh, Aaron Rodgers leaving leaving the, the Packers and going over to Denver. Is, we're like, why would he make that move and go into a division like that, right? Yeah, it was going to be harder, but Denver has a pretty good team built. I, I think Russell Wilson will play well there. Um, but that kind of leads me to my question for you, which is, what the do you think anything's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Because the, the, I feel like those three were kind of the huge names that were yeah. out there. And I know Deshaun Watson was supposed to go to the Dolphins last year. They try to play it off and say that that was a Flores thing or whatever. But do you think he plays? And if so, do you think someone would be willing to trade for him? Would you? Would you? I wouldn't. If I owned a team, I, I will not go to it just because no matter what, no matter how much time passes, I, I don't think – a star quarterback could ever get over that kind of controversy of all the stuff that happened with um, with all the allegations that Deshaun Watson had to go through. I mean, it's going to give your, your organization kind of a, a bad look. And uh, so if I personally owned a team, I, I would not go after Deshaun Watson, especially after, if I have to give up a bunch of draft capital to get him over here. I, I just don't think that kind of stuff is worth it, but... If we're talking, you know if we're talking, all the other NFL owners, yeah, of course, I think it's gonna, <laughs> of course, it's gonna happen. You know, the one team I think that makes sense, the fucking Raiders, because they have that persona already, right? Damn, if he goes to the Raiders, <laughs> holy shit! You get me though. Yeah, they have the persona of the bad boys. I think they they would be like, fuck it, like go ahead and vilify us, but. And it would be a fucking huge swing from Barry Carr to Deshaun Watson when it comes to like their media judgment because he was talking about God when like people were getting into car accidents when fucking Gruden yeah. got fired, and then you have Deshaun Watson coming with all these claims and allegations. I, I <laughs> but you you got to admit that that team would be better. Yeah, and it would, it would make make the AFC West even fucking crazier. 
Yeah, don't get me wrong. Any team that will add Deshaun Watson, I think is going to be better. I just, I just, a team's going to take him. A team's going to give him a, a starting job, but I just think it's it's going to look bad at whatever that organization is. And how long does it last? And do they have to be successful? And he's not, if he's not successful right away, there's going to be even that much more pressure on that league, on that team to kind of turn things around, especially because, because, because what, what, what cures any type of bad publicity around the team? A team, not just a player, a team. Winning. Winning. So if they don't win right away, more attention is going gonna, is gonna to be put on Deshaun Watson and whatever organization brings him in to raise questions of, like, was this really worth it? Was all this chatter, was all this distraction worth it if we're not getting wins at the end of the day? Now, what team will pick him up? Who knows if the Colts now kick it around? If... uh now that they got rid of Carson Wentz, I think I personally thought that the Colts were in a better position than the Broncos to win a Super Bowl. And you, you saw the, the Colts kind of thinking the same thing of saying, like, we, we have to find our right quarterback. And Carson Wentz isn't that answer because now they traded him away to the Washington Commanders. That sounds dumb. The Washington football team. I'm just going to keep calling them football. Team. <laughs> commanders is so dumb. I'm not going to call them the fucking Commanders. But yeah, Scar- so Carson Wentz is out. In Indianapolis, and that just opens up another another vacant quarterback position where maybe they bring in Deshaun Watson. I don't know, man. Now it's I mean, that, tough. That, that'd be awesome. It'd be cool. I don't know if they'd be willing to get to part ways a lot of draft capital. I mean, now the Seattle Seahawks are loaded with a bunch of stuff. Can they make the move and get a Deshaun Watson too? I heard they were kind of interested in bringing him in there also. Yeah, I, I think that Colts are better suit because they would actually be in the win now mode. That's that's what we've been saying for the past couple of years. I mean, the narrative in the media has been imagine the Colts with Andrew Luck, yeah, because he retired young. Um, this team is built awesome, where they have a great offensive line uh, or good good pieces on the offensive line, I should say. Great running back in Jonathan Taylor, good enough wide receiver options, and then a good as defense. So all they are missing is that quarterback. Deshaun Watson, the only thing is that it's in the same same division, right? AFC South, where the Texans want to fucking get their teeth kicked in by Deshaun Watson for the next 10 years. That's the only thing. But, yeah, you stated Carson Wentz got traded to the Commanders uh, for two third-round draft picks. Didn't they just fucking <laughs> get him for, like, a first-round pick? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a bad trade. and It was a bad trade at the time when it happened. It was like... Carson Wentz can be good, but is he worth a first-round pick? And I just think that the, that the Colts are kind of going from quarterback to quarterback, trying to kind of hit it right how the Rams and the and the Buccaneers have done it. Um, and they've swung and missed twice already with Rivers and Carson Wentz. Yeah. So I don't see why they're not going to swing again to try to get that fucking win because their team is – Still just as good now. Um, but it, and it is the part that kind of sucks. I mean, of course, I loved having Justin Fields on the team, but all this trade stuff, all this, all this possibility, it kind of sucks that the Bears are like nowhere to be found when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> They're still fighting about the rights of fucking Soldier Field with like the Chicago Park District and shit. Right. I know we started the podcast talk, talking about gambling. You already know who the fuck the biggest winner of all this free agent talk and trades is. Calvin Ridley and the fucking whole scandal of him getting suspended for the year. That <laughs> shit got brushed in less than 24 hours. Yeah, no one's talking to the about fucking that To the burner. And for those that don't know, Calvin Ridley, um, I believe it was $1,500 that he gambled on a on an app, he went in person to sign up for it, used his own information, um, bet on NFL games, had a, I think it was a three-team, five-team, and eight-team parlay. Yep. Or eight-leg parlay. couple parlays. Um, he, he did bet on the Falcons to win, so that's a bonus. Like, if we're thinking that he's, like, selling and stuff like that, he's not. Right. Because he's, he's, he's expecting the team to win. But... <laughs> Bro, I'm going to let you talk because I have a perspective that might be different from yours. I think Calvin Ridley, uh, 
is dumb for risking his NFL contract for $1,500 on a couple parlays just because he was bored at home. When he was sitting out the rest of the season, when he sat out the rest of the season for uh, personal and mental health issues and he just he was stepped away from the team and you mean to tell me you're just that bored now? Like you just, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to pull up this app and do a little gambling. For what? You saw the jokes all over Twitter, right? A $1,500 bet loses you $10, $11 million. And just wasn't smart, man. I know it was dumb. I know it wasn't a lot of money. It was not like he was, you know, betting 100 k on a game. And that, even that, like, that might have raised an eyebrow on that. But you really think he's trying to fix games when he's throwing together $1,500 worth of parlays for an NFL player that makes millions of dollars? That's that's nothing. That's like me or you putting together, like, $1 or $2 parlays to kind of fucking to see if they hit. It just, it just wasn't a smart move. And the NFL had to do what they had to do now. A lot of people questioning, like, oh, you give this guy a year for for gambling, but with other serious domestic violence issues, the league has shown that they can't come to a, 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 a any sort of proper way to discipline ser- more serious issues. And uh, say what you want about that. I mean, that that's an issue within itself. But with this matter itself, with the teams and different leagues getting more and more into the gambling space, at least just getting sponsored and like openly being sponsored by DraftKings, by FanDuel, points bet, whatever, bet MGM. You kind of had to set the president and kind of fucking throw the book at Calvin Ridley here, in my opinion. You gotta kinda just nip it in the butt and show and send a message to any player out there who is I'm sure there there are also plenty of players out there still gambling. They're just probably a little smarter about it, you know, doing it under you know, their brother's name or a wife's name or whoever's name, just not dumb enough to have your own personal account where you got to submit your tax information to have one of these accounts. But I thought the league had to do what they had to do. And does it sound a little harsh for, you know, a thousand dollars in, 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 in parlays maybe, but it, it had to be done, especially now where we're just entering the space where, like I said, teams are taking on these major sponsorship deals with, with these casinos and these gambling apps. So it just had to be done. So do you think the year was correct? The entire season, I should say. Yes. So fair, shouldn't be more, shouldn't be less. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it should be any more than that. I know. I, I thought I saw somewhere that, you know, this, this could be just the beginning of it or whatever, but it's like, no, give him a year or whatever. And if he, if he does, you know, um, if he does appeal it, they knock it down to 12 or whatever, sure. But he should miss a big chunk of the season for doing something this dumb. Like, it's, it's just stupid. Like, why, why risk your career and, and your and your million-dollar, super million-dollar contracts for just because you're bored? It was just a dumb thing to do. And you kind of want to end it now before anyone else kind of jumps into that space. It's like, oh, he only got he only got two games for betting? That That's fine. What happens if, if they go light on him and then the next player that gets caught you like I said, you end up finding his accounts, and he you know bet a hundred, two hundred grand on the game. So, I think that he should be suspended for life for adding the Falcons to a parlay. <laughs> Everyone knows, as a gambler, <laughs> you fucking never trust the Falcons. Fade now, the Falcons. Uh, in all seriousness, I am personally surprised that it is not longer. Um, and the only reason I say that a lot of people are like, Oh, one year, this isn't fair. It, it's, it's never been about fair. Like the fuck you talking about? Why am I not seven feet tall in the NBA? That's not <laughs> fair to me. I love basketball, but that shit don't matter. Like at the end of the day, it is an IQ test of how dumb are you to get caught for this? And the other thing is you brought up the fact that they already have sponsorships with FanDuel, DK, so many other places, right? They cannot allow any type of doubt that the outcome is possible to get fucking swung one way or another. And that is the only reason I say I'm surprised it's a year. I'm surprised it's not like five-year ban, basically like a fuck you and... If anyone else gets caught with this, 
we have precedent and we can try to do even worse because it's another person like getting caught. We already set like the example, yep. like you, you can't get caught doing the same thing. doesn't matter if it's a dollar. It doesn't matter if it's a million dollars that you're betting. The fact that you are betting on this sport, we are using that money and everyone that complains that how can you be mad that he's using something that the NFL is sponsored by? Motherfucker, they get money off of those sponsorships. That goes into the salary cap. Yeah. That revenue gets split. So if you continue to do your job as an NFL player, you don't have to worry about gambling. Go Gamble on the NBA. Gamble on fucking MLB. Like, why do, you, why do you have to gamble in the one sport where you may have an outcome and or insider trading? People bring up insider trading. I can speak from experience. I, I work for a financial institution. I cannot have, I, I know there's people that do crazy shit, right? When it comes to uh, cooking the books and shit, but I cannot have an investment account outside of my financial institution because of insider trading purposes. I have to be regulated. And guess what? The NFL players are too. And the fact that you got caught would I risk my job by opening a fucking Robinhood account because I want to get this dumbass fucking stock over here that they don't offer on my website? No, it's dumb. It's stupid. And because of the, I don't want to say the integrity of the game, but because of the integrity of the possibility of the outcome being changed, and that is helping your revenue as an NFL whole, you can't have that in doubt at all. I I am surprised that it's only a year. I know, I know it's harsh. The punishment is harsh, and I, and I agree with it. But I agree that it had to be harsh in order to prevent what we what we just talked about. But if I was Calvin Ridley, and Calvin Ridley was tweeting out when this news was breaking, <laughs> he was tweeting out, I don't have a problem. It was only this much or whatever. But if I was him, and like, look. Put that shit on my tombstone. <laughs> no, no, like, uh, appeal it if you want. Go through the whole process. Maybe they knock a couple games off, and you only serve 12 or whatever. But. Um, if I was him, I, I'd be kicking up more noise about the Miami Dolphins, Dolphins owner and him <laughs> offering money to throw games in it. Even if it's just pure speculation, they'd be like, oh, they want to suspend me for a year and take away my $11 million contracts. But what have they done to that Miami Dolphins owner who was paying, trying to pay his head coach to throw games? Like, how do we not know? How do we know that he didn't have any other kind of gambling, um, situations kind of brought up there in the dark i don't know just start kicking shit around and like just bring up that aspect because it, in my opinion that's still a bigger deal than what than what um kevin really did and this is really just because of the amount like because it was only fifteen hundred dollars i believe that he was just bored like you're an nfl player and you're only betting fifteen hundred dollars on three different parlays or so we think so what's been reported is that really going to make a difference in anyone's life, in his life? That is clearly him just being born on a Sunday, pulling up his phone and being like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll cook this up while I'm, while I'm watching this pregame. Calvin, really, you need new friends. You, you, you have terrible friends in your life. Like, if you are a millionaire and you're not like, and you're bored on a Sunday... There's some brunch spots over here in Chicago <laughs> I could bring fucking out to, bro. We could have a good ass time. Yeah, go out and go out and watch the games, man. Go ahead and fucking you got a bet. You got some insider trading information about NFL. Give me that money. Let me put that shit on my fucking DK account. Stop playing. Right. Like, I, who, I, I would have given my plays to to a friend and then telling them like, yo, if you hit that, you got you got me on brunch. <laughs> <laughs> bro. It, it goes to the story where Chris Carter actually said this in the rookie symposium. You need a fall guy. How the fuck do you not have a fall guy? How do you not have a, and it's not even a fall guy in this case. It's just someone else putting in a bed in for you. Someone yeah. that you trust. One of your, I, I know there's of course always a shit ton of terrible stories where they get backstabbed and stuff, but someone from your childhood, one of your friends, you, I feel like you have to keep it away from family, but one of your family members that you trust and you give them the money, you tell them what the fuck to do with it. Uh, dude, you have terrible friends, Calvin Ridley. You, your friends fucking stink. 
But that just goes to show that he, he probably didn't think it was too big of a deal. And like we said, in, in any other court of, of opinion or whatever, if a millionaire wants to gamble $1,500 on a parlay, whatever. But I, I don't know. I guess he just didn't expect this harsh of a, of a punishment to come down if he got caught or if he did get caught that the league would look at the amount and just be like, yo, just, just don't do it. Like, just don't do it again. Like give him a slap on the wrist and let him go on his way. I really don't think he expected this kind of harsh punishment on it. And like it kind of had, it kind of had to get done to, to prevent anything in the future from happening. But yeah, Calvin really just, that, was, that wasn't smart, man. That was really not yeah. smart. The, the Miami Dolphins fucking coach, or sorry, owner rather, should definitely get scrutinized significantly harder. Yeah. You're 100% right. Not only is he specifically telling him to throw the fucking game, he actually also was trying to circumvent the cap and give him like, what was it, 100 or 200K for each each loss that he got um, extra like padded on the record. That is crazy to me that nothing has come about from that. Um, I understand that there is a lawsuit pending. I know that that is speculation, but how do you not at that point say, we know that you're the owner, but you are banned from being communication, like how they do with like different head coaches and stuff. You can't have communication with the, with the team for a certain amount of time or strip them from fucking draft picks. They have a, they have a pretty good draft haul, don't they? From trading like, Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick and shit like that. Yeah. Fucking take take a couple first rounders from them. You have to hit them where it hurts. Cause I mean, if you're if you're not trying to cheat, you ain't trying, right? So at the end of the day, I understand why he's saying shit like that, but you can't do it as a fucking NFL owner, bro. Right. Maybe we should uh slide in Calarilli's DMs. And just tell him that, hey man, maybe you should make some noise around this Miami Dolphins owner situation. I am not you. I am not sliding into professional athletes DMs like you did this weekend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I did this man fucking I did uh, Alex Caruso. I did reply to Alex Caruso because he, he reposted on his he posted on his Instagram story uh a picture of this this past weekend's UFC card of the uh, Jorge Mazarol and Kobe Covington. I guess he's a fan of UFC and like I was sitting at the barbershop waiting for my haircut and I, I saw it and I just said, fuck it. And I, I, I replied to that story and I was like, yo, we're going to be at this place watching the fights come through. Like it was just super casual. Like if he's just one of the guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. A part of me was kind of hoping that he'd show up. Cause that'd be like a great, like just moment in, in, in sports where it's like, Oh yeah, he just hit me up and I decided to slide whatever. I wasn't doing much. Next time you do that, you have to be like, hey, man, haven't seen you in a while, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> that way, so they could be like, what the fuck? He's like, what? Who's this guy? It's like, yeah, no, you, bro, we, I, we ain't doing shit, man. I, Just slide. We're watching UFC fights over here. Pull up. I'm sorry. I refuse to slide into another another man's fucking DMs for shit like that. I'm not trying to fucking trap Fo- him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, what? I'm just saying, what's up? I, I, like, Yo, Caruso, you, want, you trying to watch some UFC, bro? We're over here. Yo, uh, Calvin Ridley, I know you ain't doing shit for the next year. So what you could do is train, but also just make some noise around the Dolphins organization. I'm just saying, just, just keep putting it in someone's ear. Maybe create hey, a bunch man. of uh, fake accounts and start tweeting that out. Hey, bro, you know, we we had the same we had the same parlay actually that week, you know? Try to start it <laughs> off like that. <laughs> all right, all, all those parlays were made in November, I think. Right, and he's he tweeted them, uh, or he put the Falcons in there to win. The Falcons got two wins in November, uh, one against the New Orleans Saints, and one against Jacksonville. It had to be against the Jacksonville, right? I would think so. Unless the New Orleans game, I, I mean, I'm not going to click and go through the fucking injury reports. Unless that was one of the games where, uh, like, it, Trevor Simeon was fucking, yeah. I mean, they only won that game by two points against New Orleans. So it might have been that Jacksonville game. <laughs> because I doubt it was against Dallas or New England, who were the other two uh, games in that. Uh... All right. what Do you think that he hit that eight-leg parlay? No. No. <laughs> no, no, no way. There's no way. Imagine, what if he did and he actually, like, 
made out like a fucking bandit with that fifteen hundred. Well, so there were probably what five hundred dollar parlays, maybe. I would assume fifteen hundred dollars. He made three of them: a three, a five, and an eight legger. Five hundred dollar parlays. I'm calling it right now. He won the first one, whichever was the first one that he put in. He won it. The three dollar one. I mean the the three legger one. Possibly that one he probably hit. The five, I think he missed by one. The eight legger definitely lost at least three. Yeah, it's I'm, tough, I'm 100% sure. He, I'm 100 sure he won the first one because there's no other reason. But you'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking keep doing this shit. Like, oh, you think you think it was spread out over multiple weeks, or it was just that one week and he just bet three different parlays. I think that he did it in separate weeks, but I think the first time that he bet, he won. Because it's kind of like every normal better. You hit one of those big parlays, and you're just like, you're sucked in. Ah, oh, fuck yeah, I can do this again. And you always chase that high. So he probably hit the three one week. I'm going to say he missed the five-legger. Only got four. He missed one. And then he was like, fuck, I came close. He reevaluated his process. He's like, yeah, I probably should have gone with this team. And then he just went all out and got it. Got (laughs) it. He went all out and went for an eight legger, his third and final, final quote, air quote, final time. Makes sense. I this has to be asked by the media. (laughs) Did you win any of them? It's it's, let's slide in the DMs, man. Let's ask. It's an although it's an injustice if no one asks this. Although I feel if we ask him about that in the DMs, he'll probably just block us. Because they'll probably, oh, yeah, they'll sure. probably think we're just trying to troll them. It's like, no, I'm generally curious if, if you hit those parlays, man. I'm not trying to, like, put it all out there or whatever, but I'm just curious. How close did speaking you come of, to hitting those parlays? Speaking of someone that has a gambling problem, did you win? <laughs> 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 like, what was your process? Um, yeah, right. What did you look for when you looked for those picks? No, nah, but, I mean, the NFL has been fucking busting with fucking news this past, like, week and a half. That shit's crazy. Three, three quarterback, uh, not moves, but news with Rodgers, Wilson, Wentz. You got this Ridley shit, and that's from the what first of February, where Brian Flores had that news drop. So in in one month, it's like four huge ass fucking things happen. The NFL is king, man. They they love staying in the headlines, whether it's good or bad, honestly. But I was gonna say, <laughs> speaking of which, the MLB. Is dead. Are they? They have a little bit of life. Little bit. There's more more games were canceled as of today. Another week of the season gone. For now. But it sounded like they were getting a little closer to uh to reaching the deal. I think, you know, minimal not not as many hurdles to clear at this point. Which is so good. do you, if they if they start up the season is everyone going to think of Lance Lynn as the hero of the MLB for getting those McDonald's fucking things during the fucking uh, what? You didn't hear the story yesterday? No. So apparently, late last night, that they were it was like the owners and the MLBPA, they were all talking and shit. It was late last night. They were all going to break apart so that they can, like you know, go home, rest, eat and shit, and come back in the morning. Apparently, Lance Lynn was like, nah, and ordered like 20 bags of McDonald's. <laughs> and like, apparently, he's the one that like phoned it in. He did, I think it was a Grubhub order or some shit like that. But apparently, he's the one that got a shit ton of McDonald's so that people can continue to speak longer. McDonald's was his go to? I mean, you're not surprised when you, Have look, you, when, seen you look, him? when you look at that guy. I guess, yeah, I'm probably not surprised there, but. Come on, bro. Hey, that kids, is if funny, you want to fucking pitch, if you want to pitch gas, eat some McDonald's, kids. Get yourself a fucking Big Mac and a fucking 12-pack of Budweiser and throw fucking <laughs> gas. Throw fucking gas. I don't know. I, 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 I hope all the rumors of them getting close to the deal is true because I'm fucking sick and tired of this. I, I want to anticipate ba- uh, baseball coming back now. I mean, basketball is is approaching the finish line here. We're starting to you know get to the playoffs here soon enough, and... If there's no deal, I got to go on that uh, Chicago Dogs website and get myself some gear because I might be at some Chicago Dog games, to be honest. Their gear is pretty fire, though. I looked it up the other day. I might get a hat, actually. (laughs) It is, but 
I, I don't. I hope it doesn't get to that point, especially with with the Sox being pretty decent. It's been a while since they were good, you know. <laughs> but it's going to lock out enough time for all those all your star players to age out and to no longer be relevant. That's the. I mean, <laughs> when they ha- when they had the lockout in '94, I believe the White Sox were in first place in the AL. Dude, we were three. Who cares? <laughs> Who fucking cares. I'm just saying it's it's a conspiracy from the MLB. They're against, trying the, to, against the White Sox. Yeah, and ESPN because apparently <laughs> 05 never fucking happened. <laughs> nope. If it's not on a full screen graphic on my TV screen, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. It's completely different worlds. The NFL is fucking king in making news that is most of the time positive and or entertaining. Actually, I shouldn't say positive, but entertaining at least. And MLB is always like, what the fuck? What are they doing? Like, they're they're arguing about bigger bases. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that that's pretty fucking dumb. Arguing about the base, <laughs> the base size. Like, oh, my God. Is this really what we're canceling baseball games over? Or is this really a part of what we're... Canceling games over yet. Yeah. MLB continue to shoot itself in the foot, and, and they're going to pay. I mean, it's going to take them a while to bounce back. The longer this this goes on, the, the more they cancel games. It's going to be tough to get those uh, casual viewers back to baseball. But who knows? We wait and see. Baseball, get your fucking shit together. I'm tired of this. As much as I wouldn't not- mind supporting the Chicago Dogs baseball franchise, like I would rather watch MLB. No offense, guys. <laughs> I. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I kind of felt uh, MLB's pain right there when you said get your shit together, because I tell myself that every fucking Monday after <laughs> drinking on a Sunday, like, what the fuck are you doing? Get your shit together. See, if you just have a weekend of clarity where you don't drink, and I'm saying this from experience, the world just kind of opens up and you realize that you need to reach your true potential each and every week. No? God, no. No? God, no. Just say, just how much how much out. more fun is it having those cinnamon toast crunch bombs instead of clarity? I'm trying to I'm trying to run away from my demons, dude. I'm not trying to fucking talk to them. <laughs> the fuck? Or you could deal with them. You know, it's kind of uh, talk it out with them. Yeah, like, hey man, what's up? Why are you keep following me? But no, I would I would have much rather enjoyed having some uh, some some shots and beers on Saturday while we watch UFC instead of me drinking a fucking Red Bull. Or a Diet Coke. Or and you didn't know water. that they had that uh, Heineken Zero. Yeah, but I, no, that's not really worth it for me because last time last time I wasn't drinking and I was I was sticking to the Heineken Zeros, I just got bloated as fuck with those. And like with no, like I'm not drunk. I'm not, there's no benefit. Now I'm just walking out of the establishment, you know, with the fucking inflated belly and, and gas for the rest of the night. Yeah, I, I will say though, um, you didn't drink on Saturday, Sunday, like I said, you know, fucking boozing like a dumbass on a Sunday. Green Street, smoked meats, absolute fucking fire, boy. Yeah, I like that place. I've been there before. That place is so fucking good. I used to work right by there. Yep. Shout out to Danny. He hooked it up as well. So that, that place was good as fuck. And I do not regret anything. No regrets. So fuck it. I'm probably going to do the same shit this weekend. So I ain't even going to lie. I know I'm not. I know I gave up uh, boozing for Lent, but this Saturday is my anniversary, and it'll feel a little yeah. weird if I don't at least enjoy a glass of wine with dinner. That's true, right? Yeah, I feel like you'd be, you know, disrespecting your anniversary. Right, it's ten years. It's a ten year anniversary. Yeah, dude, and you're fifteen. Like Jesus Christ, right? So like. Yeah. Having a glass of red wine, I think Jesus would forgive it, especially because it's a glass of his blood. And, you know, <laughs> all is forgiven, and we can move on, and I could continue with not drinking for the rest of Lent. But I think he can forgive my sins uh, for for the one night of me celebrating a 10-year anniversary with my wife. And plus, like, he always talks about love and stuff. So St. Patrick's Day, like, you got to love other people. You got to love other cultures. Right, especially in the in the in the, the, the troubling times we're in, where the world is in chaos, why not celebrate, uh, celebrate, celebrating with our uh, Irish brothers and uh, with a pint of Guinness. Guinness is pretty good, actually. I like Guinness. Some green beer. Do you right, man? <sighs> we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll say my prayers and see what what's in store for me this Saturday. Uh, but that's gonna do it for this episode of Yap Chicago. 
Once again, you can follow the show on Twitter at YapChicago underscore or on Instagram at YapChicago. Call us and leave us a message, 312-985-6006. Also visit TribeCoffeeCo.com. Use promo code YapShy for 10% all off of all of your delicious coffee orders. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EP773 underscore. You can also follow Lee's at Twitter, Lee's922, and on Instagram at Elicio Corral. For Lee's, yeah. I'm Edgar. Bowling's in Vegas. This is Yap Chicago. Coach K stinks. Yeah.